I shall read from the King James Version of the Holy Bible. The topic is Obedience versus Disobedience. Joshua This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. First Samuel Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears, and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, 
and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. Genesis And it came to pass, after these things, that God did tempt Abraham, and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand, and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Deuteronomy Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant, and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. I shall now read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook 
Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy. God and man are not the same, but in the order of divine science, God and man coexist and are eternal. God is the parent mind, and man is God's spiritual offspring. You will learn that in Christian science the first duty is to obey God, to have one mind, and to love another as yourself. Divine mind rightly demands man's entire obedience, affection, and strength. No reservation is made for any lesser loyalty. Obedience to truth gives man power and strength. He who understands in a sufficient degree the principle of mind healing points out to his student error as well as truth, the wrong as well as the right practice. Love for God and man is the true incentive in both healing and teaching. Love inspires, illumines, designates, and leads the way. Right motives give pinions to thought and strengthen freedom to speech and action. Love is priestess at the altar of truth. Wait patiently for divine love to move upon the waters of mortal mind and form the perfect concept. Patience must have her perfect work. Submission to error superinduces loss of power. Who is it that demands our obedience? He who, in the language of Scripture, doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? If living in disobedience to him, we ought to feel no security, although God is good. Obedience to material law prevents full obedience to spiritual law, the law which overcomes material conditions and puts matter under the feet of mind. To admit that sickness is a condition over which God has no control is to presuppose that omnipotent power is powerless on some occasions. The law of Christ or truth makes all things possible to spirit. But the so-called laws of matter would render spirit of no avail and demand obedience to materialistic codes, thus departing from the basis of one God, one lawmaker. If mortals are not progressive, past failures will be repeated until all wrong work is effaced or rectified. Remember that mankind must sooner or later, either by suffering or by science, be convinced of the error that is to be overcome. In trying to undo the errors of sense, one must pay fully and fairly the utmost farthing, until all error is finally brought into subjection to truth. The divine method of paying sin's wages involves unwinding one's snarls and learning from experience how to divide between sense and soul. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. 
He who knows God's will or the demands of divine science and obeys them incurs the hostility of envy. And he who refuses obedience to God is chastened by love. Abraham, Fidelity, Faith in the Divine Life and in the Eternal Principle of Being. This patriarch illustrated the purpose of love to create trust in good and showed the life-preserving power of spiritual understanding. If you believe in and practice wrong knowingly, you can at once change your course and do right. Matter can make no opposition to right endeavors against sin or sickness, for matter is inert, mindless. Also, if you believe yourself diseased, you can alter this wrong belief and action without hindrance from the body. Do not believe in any supposed necessity for sin, disease, or death, knowing as you ought to know that God never requires obedience to a so-called material law, for no such law exists. God creates and governs the universe, including man. The universe is filled with spiritual ideas which he evolves, and they are obedient to the mind that makes them. To ascertain our progress, we must learn where our affections are placed and whom we acknowledge and obey as God. If divine love is becoming nearer, dearer, and more real to us, matter is then submitting to spirit. The objects we pursue and the spirit we manifest reveal our standpoint and show what we are winning. Belief produces the results of belief, and the penalties it affixes last so long as the belief and are inseparable from it. The remedy consists in probing the trouble to the bottom, in finding and casting out by denial the error of belief, which produces a mortal disorder, never honoring erroneous belief with the title of law, nor yielding obedience to it. Truth, life, and love are the only legitimate and eternal demands on man, and they are spiritual lawgivers, enforcing obedience through divine statutes. There is but one way to heaven, harmony, and Christ in divine science shows us this way. It is to know no other reality, to have no other consciousness of life than good, God and his reflection, and to rise superior to the so-called pain and pleasure of the senses. Self-love is more opaque than a solid body. In patient obedience to a patient God, let us labor to dissolve with the universal solvent of love the adamant of error, self-will, self-justification, and self-love which wars against spirituality and is the law of sin and death. Purpose and motive to live aright can be gained now. This point one, you have started as you should. 
You have begun at the numeration table of Christian science, and nothing but wrong intention can hinder your advancement. Working and praying with true motives, your Father will open the way. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? To be with the Lord is to be in obedience to the law of God, to be absolutely governed by divine love, by spirit, not by matter. Let us rid ourselves of the belief that man is separated from God and obey only the divine principle, life and love. Here is the great point of departure for all true spiritual growth. Since the author's discovery of the might of truth in the treatment of disease as well as of sin, her system has been fully tested and has not been found wanting. But to reach the heights of Christian science, man must live in obedience to its divine principle. The scientific unity which exists between God and man must be wrought out in life practice and God's will must be universally done. God, the divine principle of man, and man in God's likeness are inseparable, harmonious, and eternal. The science of being furnishes the rule of perfection and brings immortality to light. Let us have a few moments of silent prayer. <laughs> 